What is up, Spotify? You're listening to the Hanging on the Rim podcast, episode one. And we're today we're going to predict every NBA award for this season. So we're going to go through every award, and I'm going to go from three to one, and we're going to just talk about the people that I think have the best shot to win the award. All right, so we're going to start off with Rookie of the Year. So my... In the three, I have Jaime Jacques Jr., who plays for the Miami Heat. So, I mean, he's, he's a surprise in the draft. I mean, it could have been, like, you know, Thompson Twins or, like, somebody else who could have fit in three, but I feel like Jacques Jr. fits perfectly. I mean, he through the 25 games that have been played, he's averaging 13, 4, and 3. He's shooting 40% from three fifty one percent from the field, which is amazing. And I mean the Heat are right now seventh in the East. So I mean I feel like he's had he's had a really good impact, especially if you look at the last five games for the Heat. If we go back to the game against the Bulls about four nights ago, he had twenty two points, four assists, four rebounds, so I mean, it's been gradual that he's just progressed. I mean, I mean, with the team that just went to the finals last year, which was amazing run, it to me it was just unbelievable that they made it to the finals. And now the fact that he's been able to play so good. I mean, they're not doing great, as I mentioned. They are the seventh seed, but they're over five hundred. They're in a pretty good position. I mean, we can't count the Heat out, and we can't count out Hawkins Jr. Who's had an impact, especially from behind the behind the arc, of something that the Heat needed. Because well, when Tyler Hero is gone, there's only Duncan Robinson, and the team isn't really built on threes. So Hawkins Jr. being able to shoot what forty percent from behind the arc is really helpful. I feel like he might. I mean, he's doing. Great. I mean, he is playing a lot. If I like look it up right now, he's averaging about twenty eight minutes, twenty eight minutes a game. Uh, and if we look at the, I mean, even if we go back to the Bulls game, it's thirty four minutes per game. So I think it's been solid that he's shooting just like forty fifty percent every game, and it's been good. I mean, whenever he's on the court, I feel like he adds something to the Bulls team right now. So, yeah, I think he's a solid number three. All right, so now this is where it could go between the two guys that I feel like everybody thinks are going to win it. So, for my two, I'm going to put Victor Wembanyama. So, I think a lot of factors into this right now. I mean, they the Spurs just broke their, what, 20-game losing streak, it felt like. Like the whole year, they just beat the Lakers. Is so I mean, Wemby's doing what like we all thought he was gonna do. He's averaging nineteen, ten, and three. I mean, he's. I feel like he's not shooting that great from what we saw in France. I mean, still he's shooting what he's shooting forty three percent as a center and then shooting thirty percent from three. But he is also. I mean, he is putting up really good stats as of late. He is playing 31 minutes a game almost. And he, I mean, he's stepped up. I mean, we definitely saw it in the first game of the back-to-back versus LA where he had that sequence that pretty much brought the 
Spurs back, and he had 30 in that game. And we've seen some ups and downs from him. I think it's not really consistent. He has been a consistent rebounder, though. Like, if we look back, I can pull up, okay, so the last five games that he's played, and he's had 10, 20, 18, 13, and 15 rebounds. And against the Bulls, with the game when he had 13 um, defensive rebounds, he had seven offensive rebounds. So he's been an amazing guy off the boards, especially. But I feel like points, it's been kind of inconsistent. But I think the hype might have also gotten, I mean, he is right right now this year, he has already had a 38-point game and a 20-rebound game. He's had... Eight blocks, six steals as, like, his career highs. So, like, I feel like he's been good. And it's it hasn't – I mean, we're not going to, like, fit into, like, oh, well, he's had this, oh, he's had that. But, like, I feel like it's just not been too consistent for him. He's shot pretty good for, like – over a stretch of the games that he's had to shoot pretty good. I mean, like, if we look at the game against the Lakers, the first one, first game that they lost, but it was only by three, he had shot 52% from the field, and then he went four or five from three, which is something promising because the games of four, he was a combined one for 12. So that's not great. So I feel like if he can just get his like three is just a little bit up it'll be fine and just hold down i mean he's average he's getting like six four or five blocks but he's also turning over the ball consistently so i mean it's not bad what he's doing but i feel like it definitely could be better but right now he's number two and i mean there it's gonna move between him and the number one guy and i think you guys know the number one guy is and it's OKC's Chet Holmgren, Holmgren, Grin. So OKC, I mean, I think the major thing is OKC's third seed. Right now they're fifteen and eight, so third seed in the West. And I mean, Chet's averaging about seventeen points per game, eight rebounds, two assists, shooting fifty-two percent from the field, almost thirty. I mean, over 37% from three and almost 90% from the free throw line. So he's been consistent, I guess, like from the field at least. But like if we're looking at, so he's playing less minutes than Wemby is, but it's not by like that much so that it's too drastic. But right now I think he's in a great position. The team is doing good. He's been playing good, but I, the last couple of games, it's not been great. But I feel like his impact is not going to be like on the score sheet as much as Wemby's going to be. I mean, they've had games where they could have won, but they lost to teams that like they shouldn't have lost to. And he's at, I mean, the same thing with, I mean, he's a rookie, so we can't expect too much like, oh, he's so consistent. But like... I feel he's been doing good. He's been shooting great any game besides like I think one game against Houston. But pretty much everything else he's been shooting over 40%, he's had over 50 over 
from the field, and he's been a great free throw shooter, which is good because now OKC has someone. They don't have to be scared that if Chet's going to the line, then you're in trouble. And, I mean, he's, his impact on the defensive end has been incredible. He's, I, I mean, we already already talked about how he's averaging eight rebounds per game, but he's also he's also a great guy on the blocks end. He's averaging 2.4 blocks this year, which includes which includes a six point block game against Houston. So I mean, this game they lost because he didn't really score that much, but he had a very big defensive impact in that game. So I feel like he's a solid pick for one right now. That's my prediction. But I feel like it could change back and forth between Wemby and between Wemby and Chet for throughout the year. Okay. So now we're gonna go to my prediction for the most improved player award. So I feel like there's a lot of different players who really deserve this award especially if we're talking about with all the trades that happened this offseason players getting moved here and there the end season tournament how people how young guys have been able to play throughout this so for me my my third person would be jalen johnson that who that's my solid pick for number three right now, and if we can take a look at Jalen Johnson's stats, and we can see. So right now, Jalen Johnson's averaging for the Hawks. He's averaging fourteen points, seven rebounds, and two point four assists, shooting sixty percent from the field, forty two percent from three, which is amazing. And well, if we look back to last year, if we look back to last year, I'm trying to look at so. I'm trying to figure out, yeah. So if we look back to last year, he was averaging about five point six points per game, which is, I mean, you can see the leap there itself from points that from five point six points per game to fourteen point one points per game, which is amazing. He's he doubled his assists. He's doubled his rebounds. He's been amazing shooting the ball, and yeah, I feel like that also eases the pressure off of. I mean, the Hawks right now are fighting for a play-in spot. They're ten and fourteen, and they're fighting for a play-in spot. But I think that is something good because the Hawks did lose a lot of. They lost a, a lot of their big players that were a part of their like core. Like, um, oh, John Collins. There we go. I knew. I, I knew I could say his name. They lost John Collins. And, to they lost John Collins and now their front court is like uh, we're they're kind of in trouble but then now Jalen Johnson who's six nine and he can play both three and the four he comes in and now I think he can there's like more space that's opened up for him and I feel like he's made an impact when it's needed I right, so number two this is like who do we go for here? Who do we go for here? And I'm going to say that my number two right now is Mr. Tyrese Halliburton. So, um, if, I mean, what after we saw that in-season tournament performance, what else do you want? What else could we really say about him? He's averaging 26 points per game, 12 assists per game right now, shooting almost 50, 40, 90. So, I mean, like, 
we all saw the, like thirty two assists between games. And when let's just just look at his past five games right now. So we can go to the Milwaukee game. So we, let's go to the Milwaukee game, the semifinals of the in season tournament. He had twenty seven points, fifteen rebounds, four assists. No, fifteen, not fifteen rebounds. Fifteen assists. Oh my God, Tyrese Halliburton, fifteen rebounds is crazy. Twenty-seven points, fifteen assists, seven rebounds, no turnovers, which is crazy to think about. And then he plays the LA game, which I mean, he still had a double double, but only three turnovers. So I feel like he's been amazing. He's been, I mean. He definitely has something to prove after the USA Basketball, how they couldn't get a medal. And I feel like this has been a big jump for the Pacers right now when they really need it. I mean, right now they are sixth in the East after like some movement in the um, table, the standings. But I feel like for Ty- Tyrese himself, I mean, last year he was averaging 20 points and now he's averaging 26. He went from 10 he went from 10 assists last year to solid 12. I mean, he's cut down the turnover rate to some extent. I mean, he is also, like, passing the ball a lot. He's shooting it great. So I feel like he's a solid pick for number two. And I feel like he's really changing um Indiana basketball for the better. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen his impact, how he's been able to carry this team, and how... Like his minutes have been somewhat very influential for the Pacers right now. And yeah, I mean, he's a solid pick for number two. And I mean, one Tyrese has taken the the second spot. So we're going to give the first spot. And my prediction for most improved player of the year will be the other Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey. So, I mean, we all know the James Harden trade and how it's impacted both the Clippers and Seventy sixes, but I feel really feel like it's opened up the keys to the car for Tyrese Maxey. He's averaging twenty six, four and six right now. I mean, the three point percentage has dropped, but again, he's shooting a lot more. And if we look at it, I mean, ever since James Harden left, it's been Tyrese Maxey all over. So he was averaging about twenty points last year, but now he's up to about twenty six. He's doubled his assist numbers from last year. He's somewhat rebounding, but the biggest thing I feel like is his impact now taking the weight off of Joel Embiid, who also hasn't had to do much because if we look at his last couple of games where it's been, oh, so we have to mention that the Sixers are number three in the East, so that's like good for them to get get on a big, good roll after losing James Harden, or trading away James Harden. But if we look at games where it's been, Tyrese Tyrese Maxey has been crazy. I mean, he's playing about 30 minutes a game, but he when he's needed to play more minutes, he has played more minutes. We can look at the game when they played against um Atlanta on on the 8th where he had about 30 points, 7 assists, zero turnovers, a block and a steal. So he's been he's been consistent. He's been I think it's been, I think, it, of anybody who benefited from the James Harden trade, I think it was Tyrese Maxey. And I feel like he has a solid chance to win the Most Improved Player of the Year award because of how he's been able to play. So, yeah, now we're going to go to 
the sixth man of the year award. So for sixth man of the year award and in the number three spot for me, I'm going to go with Orlando Magic Cole Anthony. So Cole Anthony right now is averaging 15 points, four rebounds, three assists, about 45% from the field, 30% from three. And I feel like, I mean, Orlando has been, I mean, they've been the surprise team of the of the East. Right now they're 16 and eight. They've been amazing. They were at second seed at one point, but then the top teams kind of won a game, but it's not even that far away. They're only like a game away from the second seed and they're three games away from the first seed. Cole Anthony's been a spark plug off the bench, if anything. I mean, he's increased. He's been up. Is producing um big time buckets when they need it. He's had big scoring games. He's playing relatively. He's not playing you know that many minutes because he is a sixth man. But with those minutes, he's been able to score like really good. I mean, let's go back to the last game when they lost to they did lose to Boston last night. But he only, he played twenty minutes, but he had seventeen points. He had four assists, one steal. So like. He he's been that spark plug off the bench when they've needed. It. I mean, some some games okay, like maybe he's not like contributing scoring wise, but he is also gonna con- control um or contribute through his playmaking. But I think the one problem is like his fouling. I mean, he is like he's been like to every game now it's been like two three four foul personal fouls where it's like you're coming off the bench but then you also have like three fouls so do we play him like that so he's been like gradually playing less and less minutes but i think if you can get the fouling down i mean he's been a really good player for this magic team that they're building their identity once again so that's really good for them all right so number two for me is gonna be malik monk Okay, right, so I feel like Malik Monk has just been the perfect spark plug for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, he's been a great – we saw it last year. We saw it in the playoffs last year. I mean, right now he's averaging 15, 3, and 5. I mean, yeah, he's been – I mean, the Kings – we saw it last year. Like I said again, I mean, the Kings are right now the fifth seed, and it's, like, really close for – I mean, all the seeds right now in the West – are like 0.5 away so it's not even that much difference and i feel like malik monk has been great great off the bench in the times that he's i mean he has been around the league with charlotte and we saw we saw it in Char- charlotte we saw it in la and now we're seeing it in Sacktown, where he's been giving you everything i mean he gives you points he gives you assists we've seen multiple games where he's just got just got nine assists not just over 10 but he's got nine he's gonna be there in the clutch for you if De'Aaron Fox isn't gonna make give you a bucket then you've got Malik Monk I mean he's a great three-point shooter great from the field he's an energy guy and he'll give you what you need when need be and he when need be and he'll step it up in the playoffs when you need it as well so I think he's a solid pick for the sixth man of the year award. And for me, I think this is a solid pick because we've seen it. We saw it last year when this guy made we made a name for himself. We got we saw it in the summer, and it's Austin Reeves. I mean, we Austin Reeves. We saw it in the Memphis series. We saw it in the Golden State series. 
how he's been able to play. I mean, he's averaging 15, 5, and 5 right now. Three-point shooting is a little bit down, but, I mean, it doesn't matter when you're playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right now, the Lakers are the eighth seed, so, I mean, they're securing that, like, last seed possible. But Austin Reeves has been absolutely amazing. If we're looking back at that finals, the in-season tournament finals, where he put up 28 when they really needed it. And he's been... I mean, he's a facilitator. He's a spark plug, like I said. And, I I mean, he's a big part, even though the Lakers bench is really deep, that Reeves could sometimes start if needed. But, I mean, off the bench, he's just perfect for that second unit. I mean, he's been gradually averaging over 20 right now. He's getting your assists. He's not really a big turnover guy and not a really big guy on fouls. He's going to be clutch from three, clutch from the free throw line when he's needed. So he's really the perfect player for to come off the bench for the team that the Lakers have and how they've been able to have success over now. So I feel like it's the pick that I think this is a safe pick just because of how Austin Reeves has been able to play and how he's been able to fit with the Lakers. So I think we're going to go with Austin Reeves at number one. Okay. So now we can go to Defensive Player of the Year, DPOY. So I feel like now, so my pick right now, it's changed. It was actually Evan Mobley before, but now I'm going to go with Mitchell Robinson because we know the, um, get well, Evan Mobley, he's going, he's had surgery and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So for Cavs fans. But I feel like Mitchell Robinson is a safe pick at number three. I mean, the stats won't show you, but Mitchell Robinson is a guy who defensively is going to be there when the Knicks need it, especially when, I mean, the Knicks are the fifth seed right now. They can score. They have, I mean, if you saw that last night with um, Jalen Brunson having 50 points and being going perfect from beyond the arc, and Mitchell Robinson isn't a guy who's going to score so much as a big, but his defensive presence is always going to be there, and that's always going to help the Knicks, and we've seen it. We've seen it past. We saw it in the playoffs last year, and I feel like this year it's also just going up with how he's been able to play. We've seen it years past as well. So I feel like Mitchell Robinson is a safe pick at number three. So number two, I have Rudy Gobert. So I mean we've seen I mean we've seen Rudy Gobert do this before he's a multiple time winner we've seen this for the past decade now and I feel like I mean he's he's gonna score if you need it and especially the last five games if you if you've seen the Memphis game or the Kings game where he's at sixteen and then twenty and he's and he finishes with five plus offensive rebounds when needed and he's gonna give you like. Six six blocks if you need it. I mean, let's look at that Memphis game. 16 points, six blocks, 20 rebounds, 11 of which were defensive rebounds, nine of which were offensive rebounds, which is amazing to think about. And he is already like a past DPOI winner. So I feel like this year it's just been, I mean, even though he's been a decade in the league, it's been amazing how he's been able to play for the Timberwolves. And of course the Timberwolves right now are playing, they're the number one seed in the West, they have the second best record in basketball. So I feel like that's a really good, good pick 
for number two just because how he's been able to hold down the middle and how the success of the team has been because he doesn't really need to contribute to the offensive end as much. He can just come look at the defensive end because you also have Cat, you have Anthony Edwards, you have all these guys who are willing to score. So you can just keep Rudy Gobert down low and be a menace on in the paint. All right, so number one is going to go to another Laker. I think, and it's Mr. Anthony Davis. So, I mean, we saw it in, I mean, what else do you want to know? We saw it in the finals versus uh, Indiana. He had the 41-20 game, four blocks. I mean, yeah, he's holding down the paint for the Lakers. And I feel like Lakers are a team that has size, but it's been Anthony Davis who, I mean, we saw it. Come the playoffs last year, we saw it in the bubble win where he's just altering the shot of his of his opponents. Anytime they're trying to drive on him, he's going to be there to alter the shot and and get the rebound. So that's I feel like he's been amazing on the glass, both offensively, defensively, and he's just I think the perfect choice right now. But again. It's always difficult between one and two to see who's going to win. But I feel like Anthony Davis just edges out the tunnel by, like, just a little bit. All right, so now this is oh, this is where the bulk of the discussion is going to go. So now we're going to talk about MVP. Okay, so for my third pick my third predict like rank is gonna go to Mr. SGA. So Shea is averaging a solid thirty one, five and six. He's shooting fifty four percent from the field, ninety one percent from the free throw line, about thirty three percent from three, but he's not always the greatest three point shooter. So we'll leave it to that. And he's just been on a tear recently. I mean we can go from about ten days ago since the Houston game to their game about two nights ago in Sacramento where he scored he's scoring 33 and then 38 30 and then 43 and he's been efficient as well if we can go to the last game that they played against OKC which was a loss but he had 43 on 41 percent from the field so yeah that's I mean that's pretty good and the game against Golden State that they won in overtime he shot 50 percent from the field I mean he is shooting a lot but he is also making a lot. But the I think the major thing is he's got to add a three-point shot to his game. But I think, I mean, right now the Thunder are doing great. When I talk, and we talk, touched about this when we were talking about Chet, they're 15-8 and eight right now. I feel like, like he just needs to be like, I mean, what else do you want? He's been a scoring guy. He doesn't really need to play defense. But I feel like if he could just add a little three-point shot to his game, I feel like that would make him much more impactful. And if he does add a three-point shot to his game, I mean, like, look, he scored 43 and only three points came from the three-point line. But again, he is an amazing free-throw shooter. When you think about the amount of bulk of free-throw shooting, then it comes down to, I mean, let's go back to that Sacramento game. He had 18 free-throw attempts and he knocked down 16. So when it comes down to the clutch swell, he's going to be knocking down free-throws. So I feel like SGA... Right now is a definitely pick for number three. All right, so we're gonna go to number two. And this guy just had—I mean, this guy just had a little bit of controversy with him, but we're gonna go with the Greek freak. 
So, I mean, some people could say the reigning MVP um, in Joel Embiid, but I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, Giannis and the Bucks. I mean, of course, all the talk about the Dame trade and everything, he, it's still his team, right? It's always going to be his team, and I feel like he's never going to leave. So it's going to be his team. I mean, they're second in the East. They are tied for the third best record in basketball right now, and Giannis has been on a tear as of late. I mean, if we can – to last night, they just absolutely – not last night, but three nights ago, they absolutely dismantled – the Pacers with Giannis having 64 points, 14 rebounds, four steals and a block. I mean, let's go look at his last five games to see like his last five game stretch where he's at 32, 35, 37, 32, and 64. I mean, like, come on. Like how, how, I mean, how do you stop this? I mean, he's at a career high right now in points averaged he's been i feel like he's just getting better right now and it's just unbelievable to see right now how he's been playing and with dame there with how the bucks are performing and how they i mean can they just translate to the play this to the playoffs i mean they won the finals a couple years ago but i feel like maybe if Giannis could translate that more i mean he's already such a great great player and how it just helps that the bucks are just good as well and i feel like Giannis is the way he's just dominating the paint and dominating how he's been able to shoot from the field i mean the biggest thing for him is how efficient he is he's not going to take bad shots he's always going to shoot like about 70 percent from when it comes to the field but like i feel like again most people have said this before but i'm going to say the three-point shot is something that we need to watch out for but He's still a solid, solid pick at number two. And my prediction for number one, and I feel like this could be wrong just because voter fatigue might set in, but I'm going to say it's Nikola Jokic for MVP. Now, Jokic has had his bad games this year, and people were letting him hear about it, especially that game against Chicago where he had a massive four points, six assists, nine rebounds. It wasn't great, but then he came back with a 26-point triple-double. So I feel like we can't really sleep on Jokic. He's always going to be a triple-double machine. And the Nuggets are second seed in the West, reigning champions, reigning finals MVP. And I feel like that's going to be enough for him to just be that guy come when kick it to the after the All-Star game and kicking it to the final stretch. So I think he's the perfect prediction for the MVP voting. I mean, he's already won it back-to-back. And then last year, Joel Embiid won it. But I feel like he's already a top-10 center. And with the way they play in Denver, it's just with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., with guys off the bench like Christian Braun. I mean, they're just a great team that's coming off of just a little rough stretch with how Jokic has been playing. But I feel like they're going to hit it up eventually when needed. So... Yeah, that is the end of this episode. I mean, we talked about all the or all my predictions for the NBA awards come the end of the season. And I mean, we can check back come All-Star break about how these look and how they're going to progress 
when we look back at them. So yeah, that's that's it. Peace out.